Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Tuesday, February 8th, 2022. On today's episode of the show, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news, which today means the Oscar nominations. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm an editor at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film staff writer Shania Russell. Hello. Hi, Shania. How are you? Hey, I'm doing all right. Excited about Oscar Day. Yeah, it's late in the day. Uh, you and I were both up to um, to sort of <laughs> tackle the Oscar announcements as that was announced this morning. So um, I, I want to just take this opportunity up top to read a few of the main categories. I'll read the nominations. Um, and then we can sort of react to them and just have a little bit of a free-flowing conversation here. And then we have a bunch of Oscar stuff up on SlashFilm.com that I encourage people to read. I'll link to a bunch of it in the show notes. Uh, and then you wrote one article in particular that I think we should sort of go through um, uh, today and, and talk about a little bit more in depth. So uh, let's kick things off here with, uh, well, let's just go ahead and start with Best Picture. So Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story were all nominated for Best Picture. Uh, just a, a gut check reaction from you, Shania, just on that category alone. W- what do you think about that category, the nominees there? Um, I think there are a lot of expected titles um, and a couple of surprises. I guess I was surprised to see Nightmare Alley sneak in there. Yeah, me too. Well. <laughs> Wondering if it could still break in. Yeah. Yeah. That was the big, the big thing that I was, cause like, you know, if you follow this stuff, if you follow, um, I guess the awards narratives or whatever, there are all these narratives that can build up and it's a lar- largely, I think, informed by, um, whether or not movies perform well at certain guild awards that sort of, um, you know, pave the way toward the Oscars and nightmare alley, I think was one of the movies that wasn't getting as much love from a lot of the, the different guilds, uh, as people sort of, um, maybe, anticipated that it might um so that one i think had the biz- the big- uh, biggest question mark around it of whether or not it would actually get the nomination for best picture but yeah there it is so uh okay moving on here um best director we've got kenneth brana for belfast uh raisuki hamaguchi for drive my car paul thomas anderson for licorice pizza jane campion for power of the dog and steven spielberg for west side story 
Um, I think the the big sort of takeaway from that is the no Denis Villeneuve, right? Yeah. Is that uh, your first reaction? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When they were reading those off and I was waiting to hear the name. Yeah. Especially (sighs) since Dune Dune shows up in a lot of other categories. Dune's like second place for most nominations and there's no Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, man. Uh, That's kind of a bummer. So if you you had to swap one of the people who, who did get a nomination... Uh, for Denis, who, who would you kick out of this grouping? Oh, uh, that's well. I think what's interesting is that there are. I, I'm not, not none of these. I don't. No one immediately comes to mind. Is like swap them out. I haven't seen Belfast, so I guess it would be easy for me to say Kenneth Branagh. But well, that's um, the one that comes to mind. I think I, I have actually no. I haven't seen Licorice Pizza yet, but uh, I've seen all of these except for that. And and Belfast is the one that like Belfast is. <laughs> To me, a fine movie. I'm kind of, uh, I'm personally a little bit baffled at all of its Oscar love, but, um, but yeah, I think that one would be the clear one where like the scope of of what Villeneuve was working on with Dune is just so. Uh, I mean, it's it's almost like unfair. I mean, it's yeah. really an encapsulation of the entire Oscar process as a whole, right? Like boiling down to uh-huh. this movie versus this movie when all these films are trying to do totally different things, and uh, it really feels like kind of unfair to to even compare them in this way. But you know, that's the game, yeah. I guess. So yeah, I know Belfast. Is, I haven't seen it, but I know it's been like the whole story around it is that it's like Kenneth Branagh's most personal movie ever. And so I see how like a lot of the crafting around that would be like, of course it's his vision and no part of that movie would exist without his vision. But I feel like that's also true of Dune, even though it is based on this um, classic sci-fi novel. It is so much of what makes that movie so incredible is that is his vision for it. And it's crazy that it's not there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so moving into Best Actor, we've got Javier Bardem for Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. I think most of these were expected. I think for me, the surprise is Javier Bardem for Being the Ricardos, which is like, have you seen that movie? I haven't. <laughs> okay, it's uh, I mean, it's the weakest performance in this bunch by like, a long shot. I think all the other ones are, are uh, at the very least, very good, uh, if not like Titanic or tremendous. And Javier Bardem is like, oh yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. That, that's one of those things where like, uh, well, I'll just go ahead and transition now into best actress. Um, Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter, uh, Penelope Cruz for Paramount Parallel Mothers, uh, Kristen Stewart for Spencer and Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos. So what I was going to say was like the the two acting nominations for being the Ricardos for Bardem and Kidman show that the acting branch of the Academy really likes that movie. Um, mm-hmm. I guess that's not really uh, reflected really almost anywhere else in in uh, the the entire uh, scope of the Oscar nominations here, mm-hmm. but. Um, but yeah, I think both of those performances are like fine at best. So um, yeah. was there anything else from the the best actor or actress that jumped out at you? Something that you're excited about or some performance that you feel like really should have been in there? Well, I mean, I was thrilled to see Kristen Stewart and Andrew Garfield in those respective mm-hmm. categories. I feel like otherwise the best actress category is really down the line. It's almost all biopics or Academy favorite actresses. I wish it was a little bit more fun is the word 
that I'm going to say. Um, I mm-hmm. feel like we had some options with Lady Gaga and um, Alana Haim, Rachel Zegler, Tessa Thompson, you know. Yeah. Yeah, the, the best actress category in particular, I think, was uh, was super stacked this year. Um, yeah. The Parallel Mothers, that's one that I haven't seen yet. And I think that one is kind of a surprise. I know that movie is like really well liked, but um, I don't know how many people predicted that to actually make it in there. So have you had a chance to see that one yet? I haven't, but I figured it would be just because of Penelope Cruz. Yeah. And the, the Academy has gotten, like the voting body as a whole, I think has gotten more... Um, you know, international in recent years. I think that's been a big part of their, you know, post Oscar so white, their um, attempts to sort of open things up and, and sort of uh, try to reshape the organization from the inside out. So um, yes. I love seeing like the, the international, uh, the love for international cinema um, sort of peppered throughout this list. Yeah. I, it's nice to see it sneak into some other categories. I still think it's really noticeably missing from the actor and actress categories, but mm-hmm there's some love and screenplay and elsewhere. And that's definitely a big change from past years. Yeah. Uh, I'll run through best supporting actor and best supporting actress in one big chunk here. So for actor, we have uh Siren Hines. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I may be incorrect about that. I apologize, Mr. Hines, if that's, if that's the case <laughs> uh, for Belfast, uh, Troy Kotzer for Coda, Jesse Plemons for the power of the dog, JK Simmons for being the Ricardos and Cody Smith McPhee for the power of the dog. And then in Best Supporting Actress, we have Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, Judy Dench for Belfast, Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, and Anjanu Ellis for King Richard. Uh, any big takeaways from those categories, Shania? Uh, no Ruth Nega. No yeah, Ann Dowd. What a bummer. Mass. Oh, Ann Dowd and Mass. Is that, is that the one you said? Yeah. Man, I've heard such good things about Mass. I just have not had a chance to, to uh, I've not made the time to watch that mm-hmm. movie yet. But I've, I think Brad saw it at Sundance, like, I guess over a year ago now and was like really blown away by it. So um, yeah, I think that one is one that I think a lot of people sort of had their fingers crossed that might show up here. But yeah, I guess it's a it's such a small movie and it didn't really have much of a mark or a uh, not marketing campaign, but a awards campaign. So maybe that's one of those instances of like, uh, where it kind of turns into a a little bit more of a popularity contest and some of the the politics behind, you know, uh, who gets a push and and supported from their studios and all that kind of stuff. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, I think for best supporting actor, Mike Faist and Bradley Cooper are big misses. mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Faist from, uh, West side story and Bradley Cooper from nightmare alley. Um, or I'm sorry, not not Nightmare Alley. I mean, he I'm was sorry. in Nightmare Alley, but um, but yeah, Licorice, Licorice Pizza was the one where uh, for best supporting that would. Which he's only cool. in for a really small bit, but he he really makes the most of his time there. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then just a few more categories here. Um, best original screenplay. We have Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and the Worst Person in the World. And then Best Adapted Screenplay, Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. Um, let's see. Any I, The worst person in the world, I love seeing that in there for Best Original yeah. Screenplay. Um, so that I guess that, that's my big, like, uh, sort of fist-pumping moment just to see, you know, something that I personally love sort of squeeze in into one of these categories here. Did you have um, anything that, that jumped out at you there? That might be mine too. I was I was really excited to see that. 
Awesome. Okay, so we have, like I said, we have a ton of, of Oscar-related uh, coverage up on Slashfilm, but there's this one article that Shania wrote this morning um, called the 2022 Oscar nominations by the numbers. And I thought the the organization that you have, um, the way that you present all this information in this article sort of lends itself to uh, a good podcast format for us here. So um, we don't have to go through every single one of these slides that you have in this article. There's a, a bunch of them here, and I encourage people to read the article itself. But uh, why don't you just run through here and, and I guess, uh, tell me some of these, the, the cool little pieces of information that you uh, discovered or compiled or what have you in this article. Yeah. Yeah. So looking through everything, um, I was looking for some surprising snubs, some like um, worthwhile records that were broken. Um, so, and sort of like who's leading the pack, which is the power of the dog with its 12 nominations. Um, a lot of love for the power of the dog. It's sort of it's a little bit of everywhere. Um, looks like it has a really good best picture shot based on all the buzz around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that that's the one that I think I feel like it's been. I haven't followed the uh, the awards um, th those narratives that I mentioned super closely this year, but I think in in my like limited experience of you know following certain people on twitter and sort of like tracking the stuff from from afar uh like looking at it through binoculars almost um it sort of seems like the power of the dog has been the front runner since the very beginning or since it you know premiered back in last year's uh film festival cycle and is sort of or circuit rather and is sort of um you know, just been like steadily chugging along so the fact that it it picked up all of these nominations is not super surprising but um what do you think about that movie in, in general? Do you think it, it deserves all the love that it's getting? I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's a great movie. I, I feel like we all have a lot of love for Jane Campion. And I feel like that is fueling a lot of it. Um, it's, I wonder how much it helps that it's on Netflix and was in theaters for a little bit, but that it's like so readily available versus some of these other movies that, showed up in theaters for a little bit or maybe showed up quietly on a streaming service. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering about that too. I think, um, you know, I've, I've seen some conversation about like, because nightmare alley recently, uh, yeah. made the jump to streaming, you know, it was, I think it is still available on Hulu and HBO max. Mm -hmm. It was like right around the time that Oscar voting sort of Started. was taking place. Yeah. Um, that was like, I think good timing and and maybe speaks to that surprise that you and I expressed at the beginning of this episode where that movie sort of snuck into best picture. I, I really wonder how much that has to do with it. Um, since, you know, especially the, the makeup makeup of the Academy is still, you know, the, there's, there have been a lot more younger members accepted into the, the ranks in recent years, but um, mm -hmm. I think it's still primarily, it's like whatever, over 9,000 people or something vote. And I think a lot of them are still relatively older and just like broadly speaking, Older folks probably haven't been back to the movie theaters as much. So I think, um, you know, the movies like that jumping onto streaming probably does help its its visibility a ton, uh, even for the voting body members. So, um, yeah, what else here uh, jumped out to you in this article, Shania? Yeah, well, to go with the conversation of streaming services, um, Netflix is definitely going for its best picture bit. It has two movies in the running now with Don't Look Up and The Power of the Dog. And it's definitely leading the pack when it comes to streaming nominations overall. But Apple TV did get its first Best Picture nod and um, like a couple nominations thanks to Coda. Yeah, that's awesome. I think we, we've written something about how um, Troy Kotzer has become like the second ever Oscar nominee from the deaf community, which is really mm -hmm. cool. And it's especially cool because, 
he's co-starring with Marley Maitland, who was was the first person in that category. Um, So man, Coda is just such a great movie. And I just love seeing it uh, get that love. It's one of those that, you know, we've talked about before on the podcast, how we feel like Apple kind of botched that release after spending so much money on it Mm -hmm. at at Sundance. Um, But just the fact that it is, uh, it is like, um, persevered almost like like uh sort of fended off uh whatever um you know uh, it, it's like it feels like the, the true underdog of this whole thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah coda was another surprise i think for best picture but definitely a happy surprise yeah uh okay so what else do we got here well okay this isn't there but like on the subject of like those surprises i was wondering like how much you think those something like coda breaking in is can be attributed to that wider voting pool. That feels mm. like something we wouldn't have seen in past years. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. And and Coda, I mean, it's it's kind of the perfect. So to call it the perfect Oscar movie um, makes it. Uh, I feel like conjures the wrong image. But if you watch it from an Oscar voter perspective, it kind of it hits everything that. Um, it, there's so many things in its favor, right? Because like a lot of the, the Oscar voting and things like that happen where, um, you know, the studios will send people DVDs in the mail or whatever. And like, they'll, you know, just like award season for critics, all this stuff is just stacked up and people are like flipping through, like trying to figure out, okay, what do I need to watch? How do I, uh, build my knowledge base for what I need to vote on here? And Coda is one of those movies that has, it's such a crowd pleaser. So it has great word of mouth. And then it has uh, it, it has that four quadrant appeal to it that I think for all of the voters who, like I said, a lot of them are probably older. Um, the idea that like they with their families could gather around the living room and like find something that sort of hits the sweet spot for all of the viewers in, in a particular household. I think Coda sort of like checks all those boxes in a way that doesn't feel um, it doesn't feel like it's it's a. Uh, designed to check boxes it just happens to if that makes any sense yeah so i guess with that uh are are there any like uh yeah records or or anything like that 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 stood out to you um yeah well steven spielberg just broke a couple i think for becoming the that he has he now has six decades worth of nominations he's been nominated across six consecutive decades which breaks the tie that he had with martin scorsese Wow. (laughs) I've not read that yet. That is uh, six decades. That is really, really impressive. (laughs) It'll be interesting to see if Scorsese comes back for it with Killers of the Far Moon. Um, Oh, yeah. Retie there. But for now, it's all his. Yeah, that's great. I saw that um, that Kenneth Branagh has also been nominated for, I think, seven Oscars all in different categories. And that was an interesting... record that was recent that he recently broke so um that's kind of cool i mean it, it's nowhere near like the longevity thing of, of spielberg <laughs> but like the uh the breadth of of all those nominations even though i, I didn't love belfast um i gotta be mm-hmm. sort of uh Im- impressed you know if nothing else for the uh the um shotgun approach of like how creative he is in all these different categories so uh, props to Kenneth Branagh on that. He's probably going to need all the props he can get if I, if the uh, early reviews of uh, Death on the Nile are, are any indication <laughs> for not liking that movie very much. But mm-hmm. um, what else, uh, Shania? Any any other uh, interesting sort of by the numbers things here jump out to you? Um, another number that blew me away was Denzel Washington now has ten 
nominations overall. I think nine of them are for acting in Best Supporting and Leading and one for Best Picture with Fences. But that's a that's 10. He's now the most nominated Black actor of all time at the Academy Awards. Awesome. Or he was before, but now he is by, you know, another. Yeah. <laughs> Extends the uh, the, the uh, gap that somebody else will have yeah. to go. Uh, <laughs> Makes man, it that really much cool. harder to catch up. I think behind him is Morgan Freeman, who has like, who's like five nominations behind him. So. Wow. <laughs> Oh man, the old glory uh, co-stars <laughs> battling it out <laughs> for Oscar glory. Um, I, I saw uh, one of the slides that you have here is about uh, Flea, the um, Jonas Poor Rasmussen's animated documentary. Um, that movie performed pretty well too, right? It did. It showed up in Best Documentary, Best Animated Feature, and Best International Feature. And it's the first... I mean, as an animated documentary, it's like pretty unique. And now it's the first to be in those three categories. Nice. Okay. So uh, I guess, you know, as we, as we sort of uh, head toward the end of, of our conversation here, um, I guess, what, what are your like bigger, uh, do you have any like larger takeaways about like the, the shape of the nominees as a whole? Um, were there any like, uh, I don't know, trends or anything that you may have spotted here or, or anything that like uh, particularly surprised you in any big way? Um, I don't know that anything was like terribly shocking. And I think that was, I don't want to say a surprise, but an interesting thing to note is that I feel like we keep having this conversation about when the Oscars and when the Academy is sort of going to like make a, a swerve to welcome in more viewers and to sort of like build up their audience. And and there was some talk about Spider-Man No Way Home maybe getting a Best Picture nomination or sort of like widening the pool um, by looking at more widely viewed movies. And I feel like that's not happening and they're sort of doubling down on uh, typical trends. And I think that's worth noting because um, I guess if, if viewership for the Oscars is going to keep being a conversation, it looks like it's going to keep going down. And it's interesting how they're not responding to that. Yeah, I think it was going down even before the pandemic, right? Like, the, you know, it's been, I feel like it's been several years in a row of like, uh, you know, the, now the Oscars have the worst ratings that they've ever had. <laughs> like, you know, it just keeps topping itself in the worst kind of ways. Mm -hmm. um, you know, w with this lineup of, let's just look back at, at the best picture lineup here. Um, you know, there aren't very many movies here that that performed uh, super well financially. So do you think that, um, I guess, do you have any like insight into like what this might mean for the future of the Oscars? Do you think that like, uh, the Oscars can continue as we know them um, if they do continue to uh, double down on these sort of smaller, more awards-friendly movies instead of opening up to to the wider things. Do you think that like the Oscars as a uh, as an event will be able to withstand that approach? That I feel like that's the big question. I mean, it's a little dicier with with some of these movies because only a few, I guess, because they're streaming movies and it's hard for us to know how many people have actually seen The Power of the Dog or mm -hmm. Nightmare Alley didn't make a lot of movie. Granted, this was a weird year for anyone making money. Um, but like if they show up on a streaming service, it seems like a lot more people are seeing them. So 
Yeah. So like, what does that mean? Yeah. What does that translate into? I guess you're right. That is the big question. Um, so, okay. I'm going to put you on the spot here. We did not talk about this beforehand. Uh, if you had to select, I'm going to give you two options here. So from the best picture, uh, uh, contenders, the nominees here, if you had to pick one that you want to win and one that you think will win, what are those two movies? Or maybe they're the same movie. I don't know. I think, I think it'll ultimately be down to the power of the dog or don't look up. Maybe that's me like writing the hype of the power of the dog right now. And it's like 12 (laughs) nominations. Um, If I had to pick one, I wanted to win. I kind of want to say Dune for the chaos of it all. (laughs) (laughs) Coda would be nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There are several that I like in here that I feel like would be worthwhile winners i'm just gonna say don't look up i don't think would would be i'm i'm firmly on like uh team anti don't look up like if that (laughs) if that wins i'm just gonna um i don't know probably just uh hang my head in shame and shake it for a while and just be like what world are we we living in here but (laughs) i haven't um, seen it yet but i think it's time for me to finally break and Yeah, it's it's a movie that from you know I, th- I think uh, our friends at the film cast, um, Dave Chen and and Devendra Hardwar and Jeff Kanata had a really good conversation about that. I think was pretty representative of um, the larger conversation about it. Where like Jeff really liked that movie because mm-hmm. he thought it was very funny, and the other two guys didn't particularly care for it that much because they didn't think it was funny. And I think if you if you think a movie like that is funny then it's going to go a long way toward coloring the experience that you have or not coloring the experience, but like, a, you know, filling in, enhancing the experience that you have with it. Um, whereas, you know, for me, I, I did not find it particularly funny. So I just felt like uh, if I felt like all of it was sort of um, like nails on a chalkboard for the entire movie kind of thing. So uh, yeah, not my favorite viewing experience of last year, certainly, but, um, but yeah, plenty of people love it. And I think it's just like one of those weird things where like comedy is super, super subjective and, if it works for you, then, then that's, I mean, it clearly worked for a lot of people, which is why it's in this category, I think. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be very curious to, to hear what you think about it when you check it out, Shania. Um, I, I think the one, um, this is not like a, a huge, uh, observation on my part, but the one thing that I wanted to say before we wrap this up was I love seeing drive my car in best picture. And, and I think, you know, the, the, um, you know, we're talking about the, uh, enhance or the the larger number of like international voters and like the the push toward including international cinema in these nominations over the past few years um and i think the the sort of easy comparison would be like oh parasite won best picture in what was that i guess it was a 2019 movie so it won in early 2020 so like it makes sense that drive my car uh you know squeezed into the the best picture nominees here and i don't really know if that's true I, i'm i'm arguing against myself here because i haven't read enough uh reactions to this to know if there are any like narratives already forming around these oscar nominations here this conversation that i'm having with you right now is pretty mm-hmm. much the only the only time i've spoken to another human being about this today but um but i, I would imagine that a lot of people would be like oh you know parasite to drive my car it's a straight line and i just don't i don't think that's the case because parasite had so many like um you know that was like a thriller it was like a hitchcock movie almost there was like yeah. genre elements to it and drive my car is so um i don't know like a is langorious is, is that a word i'm <laughs> did i make that up uh it, it's it's such a um it's a movie that takes its time and and really is like uh bottled up for a lot of it and and it's not it's like the 
anti-genre movie kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love that it's in there, but I don't think it's necessarily like a one-to-one with Parasite of like, oh, these two Asian movies, you know, yeah. uh, lumped into the same group. So I just wanted to sort of draw that distinction in case anybody was, I don't know. Like I said, I'm, not, I'm arguing against myself here, but. Yeah, I um, feel like Drive My Car is even like going back to that like idea of the the Academy doubling down on on their like, smaller pool of awards friendly movies like drive my car feels doesn't feel like something that well i i don't know like how how widely has it been released how many theaters is it in it feels like something that grew on like film twitter buzz or like you know the, the circle of film nerds yeah i think that's absolutely right and i think a large part of that is because the the um you know, like I think the LA Films Critics Society and like the the New York Film Critics Circle both gave it be- uh, Best Picture. So like it definitely is like a film Twitter darling. Um, and I think those I think those critical bodies like helped sort of uh, catapult the movie up into um, an echelon where people decided to pay attention to it. It may have been one of those things where it, otherwise it just sort of would have uh, slid under the radar. So I'm, I'm glad they did that because I love the movie and I, I'm, even though it's three hours, I, I like it a lot more than, you know, some of the other things on this list. And I, th- I think it's definitely worth people's time and, and attention. So um, even if it doesn't end up winning best picture, uh, I just love that it, it, you know, made it into the list. So um yeah. Okay. I, I think, uh, do you have any, any closing thoughts here, Shania, or have we hit everything that you, uh, all, all of your sort of main Oscar thoughts for the day? <laughs> I think we hit a lot of them. I mean, I wish I'll just throw out that I wish, um, Titan and come on, come on, were here, but they aren't. And I'll just be sad about that on my own. Yeah. I think France sort of like, uh, dropped the ball by n- not having Titan be the, uh, the, uh, nominee or something like they, they put another movie, uh, up for for contention instead so like it it didn't even it like sort of like got its legs knocked out from underneath it before mm-hmm. it could even enter the race kind of thing so um yeah it's a bummer that movie <laughs> Oof, man what a movie <laughs> if you've not seen that one uh it's not for everybody but it's uh it's a big one so <laughs> um cool well this was great uh thanks for for joining shania and um again i'm going to link to a lot of the stuff in the in the show notes so people can explore this dive into uh more of these observations and some of the records and things like that that we didn't touch on um shania you want to tell people where they can find you and more of your work online yeah, you can find more of my work at slashfilm.com and um, on Twitter at Seriously Shania. Awesome. All right. Uh, you can find more about the stories that we mentioned on today's show at slashfilm.com, linked inside the show notes of this episode. Slashfilm Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show also on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate that. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.